Pay attention, son. This is for your own good. This is Gateway City Sports. See you later. This is Talking Sports on the Bleachers with Don Glenn. A look at the sports issues of the day. Grab a seat, pop a cold one, and let's talk some sports. You got to get it done. A confident young man, a superb athlete. What the hell's going on out here? To infinity and beyond. Hey, welcome back to the Bleachers. I don't have a guest this week, but the cooler is full and the brats are hot. So let's talk some sports. Hello, fans. I'm glad to have you come back. As I said, no guests this week, but hey, that's not gonna. Ha- that's not. Uh, we're not gonna have guests every week. So, uh, but we do have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, MLB players and owners are talking again. The NFL playoffs have begun, as well as a coaching carousel that always happens. And we'll talk a little college hoops. So let's get it started with round one. All right, let's take a look at the headlines. In uh, tennis, uh, Novak Djokovic, or Djokovic, excuse me, I always get his name wrong, lost his deportation appeal and now faces the possibility that he will not be able to defend his title in the Australian Open, even though he is listed as the number one seed. The 34-year-old Serbian national found out Friday from a three-judge panel they upheld the Australian Immigration Minister's ruling to cancel the tennis star's visa, citing that his vaccination status might be a risk to the health and good order, uh, quote, good order, I should say, of the Australian public. They said it may be counterproductive to the efforts at vaccination by others in Australia. If deported, the 34-year-old could be banned from entering Australia for the next three years. Originally, the organizers did have the ability to give out exemptions, but uh, there was an issue with his paperwork when Djokovic entered the country and he was detained by border officials and they canceled his visa saying he did not qualify for the medical exemption. A statement released by Djokovic said he expressed he was extremely disappointed with the court's ruling, but he does respect the ruling and will cooperate with, with the Australian authorities. He said, I am uncomfortable that the focus of the past weeks have been on me, and I hope we can all now focus on the game. In golf, Hideki Matsuyama won a playoff versus Russell Henley to take the 2022 Sony Open. It was Matsuyama's eighth career PGA victory. Henley had a commanding five-stroke lead going into the second nine. He was played one over in that second nine. Matsuyama played four under in the second nine, including a birdie on the 72nd hole to tie the tournament at 20, 23 under and send it into the bonus, bonus holes. In the playoffs, 
Henley drove Henley's drive, found a bunker. He did get out of trouble and managed to make a birdie on the par five. This left Matsuyama with an opportunity to make the green and two putt for the birdie, forcing another hole. However, instead, he took a three wood from 276 yards out and left the ball 32 inches from the pin for an eagle to win the event. In Olympic news, with the NHL pulling out of the Olympics, the U.S. hockey team will be the youngest since 1994. The roster includes five teenagers, including Drew Camesso, a 19-year-old goalie who will be the youngest goaltender ever for Team USA. The roster has 15 NCAA players, eight European professionals, and two American Hockey League players. One returning Olympian is Brian O'Neill, who is a winger in the KHL. In NASCAR... This year's Bush Clash will be held at the L.A. Coliseum on a one-quarter mile track. It'll mark the first time that NASCAR has had a race inside a stadium. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this ought to be really fun to watch, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pumped for that one. Also, for St. Louis NASCAR fans, Worldwide Racing Technology Raceway at Gateway in St. Louis, is, which has hosted the Xfinity, truck, or Xfinity Series and the World Series Truck Racing, will take the place of one of the Pocono Raceway spots and host a cup race. In a statement by Ben Kennedy, NASCAR Senior Vice President of Strategy and Innovation, with the addition of new and unique venues like the Coliseum and Worldwide Technology Raceway, each in markets with passionate NASCAR, NASCAR fans, we are continuing to build on bold changes to deliver the best racing in the world. In WNBA News, while the league has no formal plans for expansion, former star Elena Beard is leading a group to try and bring a franchise to Oakland, California. And now, rap superstar Drake, a native of Toronto, Canada, is trying to get support for a franchise in that city as well. So whether they like it or not, WNBA may be expanding. NCAA football, congratulations to the University of Georgia for winning the College Football National Championship, defeating Alabama 33-18 and ending a 41-year drought. The Bulldog defense sacked quarterback Bryce Young three times and intercepted him twice to put a, a, a stifle on the Alabama offense. Young still threw for 600 or 369 yards and a touchdown. Rushing, however, was a different story as the Crimson Tide had only managed 30 yards on 28 attempts. For Georgia, Jameer White gained 84 yards on 13 carries and a touchdown to go with quarterback Stetson Bennett and his 224 yards and two TDs. In regional NCAA football news, the University of Illinois hired or fired offensive coordinator Tony Peterson and replaced him with Barry Looney Jr., formerly the offensive coordinator for the University of Texas San Antonio. Looney was the tight ends coach for Arkansas when Bielema was the head coach there. Illinois also lost to the University of Texas San Antonio in the second game of the season. So I guess if you can't beat them, you hire them. If you like sports, you owe it to yourself to check out GatewayCitySports.com. It is a site run by fans for the fan. We cover the sports in Gateway City area, both sides of the Mississippi and beyond. We have guys that love to write and talk about sports. If you follow a sport and we don't cover it, let us know. And we will do what we can to make sure it gets covered. Check out the articles on the Cardinals, the Blues, the Battlehawks, University of Missouri, University of Illinois. Check out our podcast like this one, Yacker Jacks, with my debate partner, Brian Papaswoop. 
Two for Three with Mike Stevenson, the Team of Rivals podcast, with Ron Nuttall and a couple of Cub fans named Pete and Elliot, and of course, the Derek King Sports Show. Check us out. Let us know what you think. And now... Round two. Let's talk some NCAA hoops, shall we? In the top 25 AP college basketball poll this past week, it was the week of upsets in the NCAA. There was 11 total upsets, including seven on Saturday. The upsets included number one Baylor losing twice, first to number 19 Texas Tech on Tuesday, and then to unranked Oklahoma on a Saturday. Number three UCLA was upset by unranked Oregon. Number five USC was uh, stunned by unranked Stanford. They did beat Oregon State, but then they lost to unranked Oregon. Number 10, Michigan State, was knocked off by unranked Northwestern. Number 12, LSU, was upset by unranked Arkansas. 19, Texas Tech, lost to unranked Kansas State. Number 20, Seton Hall, was upset twice, once by unranked DePaul, and then again by unranked Marquette. Alabama was upset by unranked Mississippi State. There were some teams that did fare pretty well, though, for the week, as uh, number two, Gonzaga, number four, Auburn, number six, Arizona, number eight, Duke, number nine, Kansas, number 14, Villanova, number 18, Kentucky, and number 25, Illinois, all went 2-0 and for the week. Three teams did manage to get one win in and without a loss. That was number seven, Purdue, number 11, Houston, and number 13, Wisconsin. Uh, number 23, Providence, had two games postponed due to COVID. Purdue had one game that was postponed due to a COVID situation. In the new top 25 poll, top AP top 25 poll, Gonzaga has now moved up to the number one spot, replacing Baylor. Auburn jumps up two spots to number two. Uh, Arizona jumps up three spots to number three. Purdue jumps up three spots to number four. Baylor dropped from number one to number five. Duke is up two spots to number six. Kansas is also up two spots to number seven. Wisconsin jumped five spots from to number eight. UCLA, UCLA falls six spots to number nine, and Houston moves into the top ten up one spot. Dropping out of the top ten were USC down 11 spots from five to 16. Michigan State fell from 10th to 14th. The rest of the top 25 looks like this. 11 through 15 is Villanova, Kentucky, LSU, Michigan State, and Iowa State. 16 through 20, UCLA, or excuse me, USC, Illinois, Texas Tech, Ohio State, and Xavier. 21 through 25, Providence, Loyola, Chicago, Texas, Tennessee, and Yukon. Loyola and Yukon are both new to the top 25, and they replace Alabama and Seton Hall, who have both dropped out. Sad news out in the University of Kentucky. Saturday, they announced Joby Hall, former men's basketball coach, died at 93. He was the head coach of the Wildcat program from 1972 to 1985, reaching an overall mark of 297 and 100 and winning a national championship for Kentucky in 1978. Seven years prior to him becoming the head coach, he was assistant coach under then-legendary coach Adolph Rupp. Hall retired in 1985 after Kentucky lost in the Sweet 16, 16 that year. He said upon his retirement that he did not want to become an old basketball coach. 
You know, there's uh, very few real legends in college basketball coaching. I mean, you, you've heard of some of the names. Everybody talks about the Woodens and, of course, Adolph Rupp. Um, but you have to put Joby Hall up there. He was a, a, a coach that, even though you hated his team, you had to like him. He just was one of those kind of guys, at least to me anyway. I uh, I mean, I could always get mad at them beating uh, my team, but uh, I never really was upset at him because he was uh, a very, very good coach. And uh, it's sad that uh, he's now no longer with us. So... Uh, let's turn to a little bit of football news real quick here. The uh, coaching carousel has begun in the NFL. And uh, Jacksonville has already been busy interviewing uh, coaches. They've interviewed former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, former Lions and Colts head coach Jim Caldwell, uh, Buccaneers offensive coordinator Brian Leftwich, and Buccaneers defensive coordinator Todd Bowles have also interviewed for the position. Uh, current interim head coach Daryl Bevel is said to be considered for the position as well. Uh, seven other teams are looking for head coaches. The Denver Broncos, the Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins, New York Giants, Houston Texans, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Many coaches in the playoffs are being touted as possible fil- possible fits for multiple jobs. Uh, Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, Buccaneers defensive quarter coordinator Todd Bowles, and of course Byron Leftwich, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, and the Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. All of those guys are being considered for multiple jobs, uh, mostly with the Broncos, Vikings, Bears, Dolphins. Also, uh, other names that have been mentioned, DeMarco Ryans, Mike McDaniel, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, there's been a number of different uh, uh, coaches that have been uh, uh, rumored to be looked at by different teams. Uh, don't expect any decisions right away with a lot of these teams. Jacksonville, since they've already interviewed a few people, may be the uh, only team that might enter, uh, announce before the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, probably most clubs will wait till after the Super Bowl before they make any selections on who they want as a new coach. We're going to take a quick break and listen to this message from the Wiley Group. Hello, this is Don Glenn from Gateway City Sports. We all know how important it is to stay protected. Sometimes life throws you a curve, and that's why you need Allstate. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and so much more. They offer a customized approach that's unique to your situation to make sure you, your family, and your assets are properly protected. They also offer great rates and savings. Give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294. They'll help you out with an insurance quote right over the phone. Even give them a call if you just want to talk sports. They do that too. We all have busy lives, so you can email Sean at seanwiley at allstate.com and talk to him about your coverage options. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. Hey, welcome back. 
And now, it's time for... Round 3. Well, Super Wild Card Weekend is in the books. I put out a teaser on Friday of what my picks would be for the weekend. I had in the AFC, Bengals over the Raiders, Bills over the Patriots, Chiefs over the Steelers. In the NFC, I had the Cowboys over the 49ers, Buccaneers over Philadelphia, and the Cardinals over the Rams. Let's see how I did. Let's start on Saturday. Bengals did beat the Raiders 26-19. Bengals won a closer game than I figured it would be. And they got their first playoff win in 31 years. Joe Burrow threw for 244 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase had nine receptions and 116 yards. The game did have a controversial moment when Burrow rolled out and threw for a 10-yard pass to Tyler Boyd. There was an erroneous whistle when the official thought Burrow stepped out of bounds. The play was allowed to stand, and despite Las Vegas sideline protest, the Bills beat the Patriots 47-17. I thought this was going to be a closer game, but man, did I miss the boat on this one. Buffalo put on one of the most dominant performances I've seen. They steamrolled over New England. Josh Allen was a star of the day without a doubt. 308 yards passing, five touchdowns. Daryl Single or Devin Singletary, excuse me, added 16 rushing attempts for 81 yards and touched two touchdowns of his own. The Bills' defense intercepted Matt Jones twice and limited New England to only 89, 89 yards total rushing. In the games from Sunday, Buccaneers 31, Eagles 15. I didn't give the Eagles much of a chance, and they didn't have one in this game, although they multiple they had multiple opportunities but points on the board. Tom Brady was 29 of 37 for 271 yards and two touchdowns, despite being sacked four times by the Eagle defense. Now, Jalen Hurts did make a good counting for himself with 250 yards and a touchdown, but he was picked off twice, once on a pass that he end zone in the second quarter and then again in the third quarter at midfield. Both times... It looked like the Eagles were on the move, and Tampa Bay was able to shut them down. The second interception actually led to a Tampa Bay Tampa Bay touchdown from Brady. Uh, the Chiefs 42, the Steelers 21. This was another game I had figured wouldn't be much of a contest, and again, it wasn't. After a scorer's first quarter, though, uh, you kind of wondered if maybe Pittsburgh came to play. But then they did draw first blood with a defensive touchdown on a fumble recovery. After that, it was all KC. They put up 21 points in the second quarter. KC came out firing in the second half, putting up 14 more points and in the, in the first six minutes. After that, there was no, really no doubt about the game. Patrick Mahomes threw for 404 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> Travis Kelsey even threw for a touchdown. In the NFC, the 49ers shocked me and the Cowboys 23-17. I mentioned in my teaser that this game on paper was a clear mismatch, and I had picked the Cowboys pretty much in a runaway. I am guessing San Francisco didn't read my emails because <laughs> they came out firing on all cylinders and by the end of the first quarter had a 13-0 lead over Dallas. Dallas had difficulty running the ball. Ezekiel Elliott only gained 31 yards on 13 carries. The Dallas offense looked completely out of sync. While Dak Dak Prescott would throw for 254 yards and a touchdown in one pick. Only one catch by C.D. Lamb on five targets. Uh, San Francisco just had him play. The, he, they couldn't get him the ball. 
Dallas was penalized also 14 times in the game, and Prescott was sacked five times. The Cowboys had a shot with time running down. Prescott ran the ball on a quarterback draw 17 yards up the middle, got up, handed the ball to the center, failing to realize that the umpire must touch the ball before it is snapped. By the time the umpire was able to get and set the ball, time had expired, and the game was declared over. Jimmy Garoppolo only threw for 172 yards and no touchdowns, one pick. The 49ers did feature a good running attack as Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel totaled 168 yards on 37 carries. Rams 38, Cardinals 11. Here's another one that blew me out of the water. I I picked the Cardinals. Just I, I thought it would be a close game, and it really wasn't. Uh, in what some fans deemed as the St. Louis Bowl, the Rams did come to play. They scored the first 28 points and never looked back. Los Angeles defense stifled Arizona rushing game to 61 total yards, and they held Kyler Murray to only 137 yards passing with no touchdowns. They intercept, he was intercepted twice, once for a pick six. Matt Stafford only threw for 202 yards, but two touchdowns. No receiver had over 61 yards, but his top three targets, Connor Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., and Tyler Higbee, caught 12 passes for 161 yards and two touchdowns. The Rams also had 140 yards rushing, highlighted by Sony Michael, 13 carries, 58 yards, and Cam Akers, 17 carries, 55 yards. Matt Stafford did have the only rushing touchdown, and Matt Gay added two field goals. So this sets up next week the Sunday the Saturday games as the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans and San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. In the AFC it'll be the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs and the LA Rams at Tampa Bay. As for my picks on the Saturday games, Cincinnati at Tennessee. The Titans will have running back Derrick Henry uh, available. And to me, I think that's going to make all the difference in the world. Uh, without Derrick Henry, I would give Cincinnati a chance. But with Henry in the uh, in the backfield, uh, I look for the Titans to win this game by two touchdowns. The other Saturday game will be San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. Going to the frozen tundra. As an impressive as they were against Dallas, uh, the Packers are a different story. And especially at home, you just not I don't think you can beat them in Green Bay at this time of year. It has been it has been done, but it's not easy. Um, I think the Packers are gonna win this one. They've got the win written all over it. I think this is another game, at least a couple of touchdowns over the 49ers. For the Sunday games, Buffalo at Kansas City. I tell you, both these teams really impressed me uh, with their first game, uh, first playoff games. So I should hope this would make for a really good game. You've got two good top young quarterbacks going at it. Um, both teams have, have really good defenses, and I think it's the defenses that are going to make the difference here. Whichever defense decides to step up is going to be the one who wins. Um, I will probably go with the home team here and – Give it to the Chiefs by a very close three-point margin. The other Sunday game will fit the pit the L.A. Rams against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. The Rams did look good against Arizona, but Tom Brady is not Kyler Murray, 
And the Bucks defense can shut people down. They've proven it. Uh, given all that, though, there was just something about the way the Rams handled Arizona. I think they will do the same thing to Tampa Bay. Not by as much. I think this is going to be a closer game. I see this one as the Rams by six. So let's take another quick break here, and we'll hear from Fifth Street Motors. Hey, Don Glenn here for Fifth Street Motors. We all know buying a vehicle can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. Fifth Street Motors, located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri, will help you find the vehicle you need no matter what brand. Fifth Street Motors believes in giving you the best price on a pre-owned vehicle that will fit your budget. Give Brandon or Don a call today at 573-259-1306 and tell them Gateway City Sports sent you. And now we have time for... Round 4. Well, the MLB talks with the union have resumed. Well... That's what they told us anyway. Uh, really didn't, uh, they didn't get back to any kind of barding table. They had about a 45-minute Zoom conference and everybody went home. Uh, but uh, this happened on January 13th. Uh, the owners pitched their new and improved economic proposal that they have come up with. The deal was not expected in this session. And like I said, the sole purpose was for the owners to present their plan. Many reports said it got a very lukewarm response from the uh, the union. Uh, I think of it more as a boxing match or as people nowadays watch the MMA fight. One fighter feeling out another one to see where the weak spot is so they can exploit it. Been no indication of a counteroffer by the union and no further talks have been scheduled at this time. According to the Washington Post, the MLB's proposal on Thursday centered around three of the union's long-stated goals for the next CBA, paying younger players more, addressing tanking, and eliminating service time manipulation. According to people familiar with the proposal, it included more money for players with two-plus years of service time instead of waiting three years. It modified a three-team draft lottery so the team's shouldn't try to lose their way into the first overall pick, which I really don't think that was a huge concern of the union um, because in the first three picks, and it's pretty much a crapshoot anyway when you're talking about when you're drafting high school players and college players. You just, I, I don't think, I don't know where they thought that was going to be a big, uh, big deal, but the MLB thought it was. They also had a system which teams that call up elite prospects for full seasons would be rewarded with draft picks. I'm not sure, again, why that is a big thing. It was also said to contain removing the draft pick compensation for teams that lose their own free agents who refuse, who refuse qualifying offers. Um, I think MLB's putting too much emphasis on this draft pick thing, and I don't think it's going to play well. Um it was also said to contain a minimum salary increase from $575,000, which is what the current uh, rookies get, to $700,000. It doesn't seem as either side is too concerned about a life a timeline here. I mean, pitchers and catchers are going to supposed to report in pretty much about a month. I think it's the 16th, uh, 15th of uh, February, something of that nature. So in about 30 days, they're supposed to report. 
And with the number of free agents that are still out there, I mean, they've only signed 61, so there's at least, you know, probably 100 more free agents out there. Not all are going to get signed, obviously, but you still have some names out there. Um, and then you have the issue of the foreign players getting their visas, uh, ranging for housing. Um, so they have very little time to waste on petty BS. Um, this all needs to end. Both sides need to get their houses in order, sit down, and work out a deal. I don't know if it's going to happen, uh, but as it as the days drag on, if something doesn't happen, I'm going to say within the next couple of weeks or the next uh, 10 days, I don't see spring training actually starting on time. They're supposed to start games at the end of February, or I think it was March, beginning of March, somewhere in there. If they don't have a deal in place, like I said, by February 1st, uh, I don't see spring training actually starting on time, which could put a delay into the season. And really, I don't know if they're paying attention because the fans, if you talk to fans, I've talked to a lot of fans, and if you talk to fans, they don't want another screwed up baseball season. I mean, we had 2020 60-game COVID season. Last year, fans weren't really allowed in the stadium, not completely until after July. I just don't see where a third year of either no no play or, I mean, no teams playing or restrictor. I, I just don't see where that's going to make the fan base of any team happy. So baseball's got to get their, their crap, and crap in order. And that's, that's players and owners. And I've said this before. They're acting like a couple of eighth grade schoolgirls at a dance, trying to trying to see which one wants the hot boy, or which one's going to get the hot boy. I don't I don't think they really care. I mean, or really they don't seem to anyway. And uh, so hopefully they'll you know some some calmer heads, cooler heads will prevail, and they will actually get something done. But I'm not holding my breath for the seasons to start on time at this point. At least spring training, not to, not for spring training to start on time. You might be able to have a deal where the spring training would be um, shortened and then they would allow maybe expanded rosters for the first month to allow pitchers to get stretched out or whatever. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. Two players did announce retirement over the weekend. The first was Francisco Lariano, who announced his retirement after 14 seasons. Lariano is 38. He hasn't pitched since 2019. He was with the Phillies in 2020 and the Blue Jays in 21. His career numbers, 112 wins to 114 losses. A lifetime ERA of 4.15. 1,813.2 innings pitched. 1,800 and 15 strikeouts, 816 walks. He pitched for the Twins, White Sox, Pirates, Blue Jays, Astros, and Tigers. Uh, the other announcement of a retirement announcement was Melky Cabrera. His retirement after 15 years in Major League Baseball. Cabrera is 37. He had career numbers of 285, 384, 417 with 1,962 hits, 144 home runs, 383 RBIs. He played for the Yankees, Braves, Royals, Giants, Blue Jays, White Sox, Indians, and Pirates. 
He did sign with the Mets in 2020, but never played. And while he didn't play in the regular season in 2020 or 21, he did play winter ball in both those years. The MLB international signing period uh, was, again, over the weekend, January 15th and 16th. The top five players selected according to the MLB pipeline were Roderick Arias, a shortstop from the Dominican Republic, signed by the Yankees. Christian Vaquero, an outfielder from Cuba, signed by the Washington Nationals. Ricardo Cabrera, shortstop from Venezuela, signed by the Reds. William Barola Jr., a shortstop from Venezuela, signed by the Phillies. Oscar Colas, an outfielder from Cuba, signed by the Chicago White Sox. The other five top players uh, by MLB Pipeline were Anthony Gutierrez, an outfielder from Venezuela, signed by the Texas Rangers. Samuel Munoz, an outfielder from the Dominican Republic, signed by the L.A. Dodgers. Lazaro Montez, outfielder from Cuba, signed by the Braves. Ryan Reckley, a shortstop from the Bahamas, signed by the San Francisco Giants. And Diego Benitez, a shortstop from Venezuela, signed by the Braves. The Cardinals were busy. They spent $6,262,000 in bonus pool money, signed 12 players. Uh, two, top 30, two of them are top 30 international players. The number 14 uh, international player, shortstop Johan, or Jonathan, excuse me, Mejia from the Dominican Republic, and the number 26 prospect, a catcher, Luis Rodriguez from Venezuela. They also signed the top Korean high school player prospect in Won Bin Cho, an outfielder who won the Power Showcase Home Run Derby, but withdrew his name from the Korean baseball draft. Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to about do it for me today. And uh, I, uh, like I said, uh, I hope to have some more guests on down the road. Um, looking at a couple different shows where I'm going to have try to get some pretty good guests in here if I can. And uh, again, if there's something you want to hear me talk about, uh, please let me know. You can get a hold of me on Twitter uh, at Big D underscore GCS. Or you can hit me the show up on Twitter at TSOTB dot GCS. So until next time, y'all, have a great day. Thanks again for joining us, and you have been listening to Talking Sports on the Bleachers. Here's hoping you have a great sports day.